Good time of the day, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Leonie Kishin, coming to you from the rather windy coastal city of The Hague, and this is 10 Rolls of Film Photography Podcast. Today, I would like to share some thoughts on the subject of personal style in photography. Uh, this is something that has been on my mind for quite some time, and it's also something that seems almost like a holy grail in a photographic community, right up there with having the latest and best gear. Uh, because you see lots of YouTube tutorials uh, titled What is your personal style? How to find your personal style? Uh, how to preserve your personal style? And so forth. Um, and uh, I cannot claim to have a definitive opinion on the subject, but I do have quite a few thoughts that I would like to share. First of all, what is style? What is personal style? And by definition, it's a common feature, a common thread that unites, unifies uh, the body of work by a given individual. And it can really be just about anything. It can be a geographic location. For example, that was often the case with Ansel Adams. Uh, it can be the choice of subject, for example, for portrait photographers, that's pretty obvious. Uh, it can be a specific technique, for example, if you're a pinhole photographer. Uh, it can be uh, sort of an adjective, for example, if all of your work can be described as provocative, then it can be provocative in very different ways and explore different subjects, but it's still unified by that provocative nature. So, really, like, it's such a wide choice of what can be that definitive common feature of your style. Uh, so now that we are done with the definition, uh, let's just walk away from photography for a second and look at a very different example uh, of personal style in a very different art form. I am a classically trained violinist, so it should come as no surprise that my examples are coming from the world of classical music. And the first example I wanted to mention is Mozart. And this is someone th who wrote in a wide variety of genres. He wrote for piano, he wrote for violin, he wrote for the string quartet and other chamber music ensembles. He wrote for orchestra, he wrote symphonies, he wrote operas, he wrote uh, theater music, he wrote religious music, music that was meant to be performed at the church during the service. Uh, and it just boggles the mind how he was able to write in such different genres which are meant for very different audiences and require very different circumstances. Uh, different combinations of instruments and voices and yet in every genre he's distinctly Mozart he is very recognizable very distinctive and very influential literally in every single genre that Mozart wrote in he influenced the composers that came after uh, and Really, just to put it in perspective, it's, it's kind of like as if Ansel Adams was as prominent and as successful and as influential 
uh, in portraiture and in still life and in uh, sports photography and in wedding photography and in uh, wildlife photography as he was in landscapes. It's almost like that. So uh, this is an example I like because uh, it's an example of a very clear, very recognizable personal style that is nonetheless uh, not limiting the scope of one's expression. And of course it takes a talent of Mozart's to be able to do that in all of those genres. But I think it's a pretty good goal. At least for me it is a pretty good goal. Now, before I bring up the second example from classical music that uh, I really like, um, I just wanted to briefly mention the social aspect of personal style. And it has to do with uh, people's expectations and appreciation. So, you know, if you post a really beautiful picture of a cat, for example, on a photography forum or on a Facebook group and it's very well done and it's really beautiful and gets all the likes and all the comments and everyone loves it, then it's pretty difficult to just walk away from that. It takes courage and strength and bravery and a certain amount of uh, sense of humor, I guess, uh, to not do that again just to feel that appreciation again, because appreciation is a really powerful drug. Uh, and it's difficult to, to walk away and not just keep doing that, because you know how to do this, you've already done it. Uh, so it's not a problem. And it's much easier to stick to what you already know and what you already can do. Uh, and probably you will you know, get better at it as you go further and further. But it will still be fundamentally the same thing. Uh, so there's only so much development you can achieve within such a narrow scope. And uh, it's not made easier by uh, uh, marketing and Instagram. And if your photography is in any way uh, commercial and you're trying to uh, get some grip uh, as a paid photographer, then it's a lot easier for people to understand who you are and what you do and why they should hire you. If they go on your website and they just see, you know, if you're a portrait photographer, they just see a row of portraits and they have a specific look to them and specific style and they're like, oh, so this is what this person is doing. If we want that, we'll hire them to do more of the same. And it's perfectly understandable from a sort of customer point of view because they want to know what they're getting. But it's also incredibly, crushingly limiting. And I think some photographers would actually love to do something different, but they are really locked in by what they've done in the past and what their portfolio looks like, and they just keep getting hired for the same thing. Just the ch the subject changes, but the technique does not, the style does not, like the you know the type of lighting does not and so forth. And to me that's pretty sad because uh, it's as if, you know, someone heard Mozart's piano sonatas and thought, you know what, we should hire this guy to write exclusively piano sonatas. And then we wouldn't have all of those other marvelous pieces in other genres. And would that be a tragedy? 
Now, uh, the second example that I wanted to mention from the world of classical music is Igor Stravinsky. And it is a very different example from Mozart. Stravinsky was uh, a very rare uh, type of composer that had distinctive uh, periods in his uh, creative career when he would almost switch styles. There was not that much in the way of transition. He would just switch styles and start writing in a very different technique in a very different direction. Uh, and the beautiful thing here is that some of those uh, styles, some of those artistic directions were pioneered by Stravinsky himself, but some others were not. And that's where it gets really exciting because he was so intelligent and so open and so talented that he could hear something that he did not uh, realize before, he did not do before. He could hear it, he could absorb it, he could study it, he could you know, really try to understand it, to put it through himself, and then he would start writing in that style, but not as a parody, not as a wannabe, not trying to pursue a new thing that is popular and gaining momentum. No, he would write in his own voice, in his own version of this new style. And I think that is the just top feat that an artist can uh, achieve in relation to personal style. And to me, uh, the closest photographers can get to Stravinsky's versatility and uh, simultaneously sort of chameleon-like but also genuine nature is projects. And I think that's the perfect uh, way to have a bit more creative space uh, because, you know, it's perfectly acceptable if one project is in a very different style from another project and it's uh, fairly common that one project may be influenced or inspired by one art, art form or a photographer or something else and the next project is very different. I think it's easier to uh, present, it's easier for people to understand and to see because then they see it as a sort of unified body of work. Uh, and it's also easier to uh, sell as one of the kinds of styles that you can do. Because then, for example, someone looking for a portrait photographer may look at your portfolio and find different projects building different styles and realize, oh, this person is capable of doing these different things, but, they, but they're doing them convincingly and well. So if we need one of those things, we can just hire them. And it doesn't have to be a specific one thing all the time. Uh, so I think this is a really good approach. And uh, I wish it wasn't so forgotten in our age of social media and likes and followers and so forth. Uh, and I wish more photographers were uh, more versatile and more brave. I certainly wish for myself to be 
more versatile and more adventurous in my stylistic choices. Uh, and I think it will help to develop photography in a different way that it has been developed right now. That's it for today. Join me next week for a similarly sized episode about something else. Quick shout out to Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast. You guys are my main inspiration for doing this. Uh, your podcast is just wonderfully honest and unpretentious and I, I love it to bits. Anyone that does not know about it yet must go check it out. Um, and the Facebook group that grew around Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast is remarkable. It's just the oasis of kindness and humor and understanding and just genuine love for photography and for film photography in particular. So go check it out as well. Long live the film.